he has achieved success, who has lived well, laughed often, and loved much, who has enjoyed the trust of pure women, the respect of intelligent men, and the love of little children, who has filled his niche and accomplished his task, who has left the world better than he found it, whether by an approved poppy, a perfect poem, or a rescued soul, who has never lacked appreciation of earth's beauty or failed to express it, who has always looked for the best in others and given them the best he had, whose life was an inspiration, whose memory a benediction. Bessie Anderson Stanley. There are always quotes like that tucked away in Fred's wallet next to his neatly folded bills or in the pages of his daily planner book. Perhaps he liked having words of wisdom close to him as if he wanted or needed to be constantly reminded of what was important in life. The outside world may have thought his qualities of wisdom and strength came naturally to him, but those close to him knew that he was constantly striving to be the best he could be. He was as human as the rest of us. It was not all fun and games for Fred. He had his struggles too, as we all did. I remember his moaning and groaning to us, I just know I'm going to fail this course. Of course, we'd all get worried for him. Then he'd get an A, and we'd all get mad at him. When he graduated, it was with a double major and high honors. But Fred worked with discipline while being a good friend to many during those happy college years. His early work in TV was all behind the scenes as puppeteer and musician, and that was quite comfortable for him because Fred was basically shy. It took courage and a lot of support when he faced the cameras for the first neighborhood programs. Someone once asked which one of his puppets resembled him the most. It was, of course, Daniel Striped Tiger, an uncharacteristically shy tiger. Despite Fred's tendency to shyness, that trait never got, away, got in the way of his capacity to make many friends, to whom he readily lent an empathetic ear. Fred was always a good listener for as long as I knew him. He was most relaxed at the piano. Often he'd play his own music that he'd written for the neighborhood programs. Sometimes he'd improvise music that would be very complex and emotional in tone. It was his way of dealing with his feelings. Then sometimes he'd just enjoy playing a lot of different tunes that he loved. Some were songs like Misty, that John Costa, the imitable music director, pianist for the neighborhood, had arranged for Fred. What a treat it was for those of us who were able to listen from a distance so as to not disturb his piano reverie. The person Fred became in his later years came out of growth and struggle. As he got older, it seemed as if the nurturing of his soul and mind became more and more important. He read with pleasure the works of friends and others he admired and respected. And he began each day with prayers for a legion of family and friends and, in general, for the peacemakers of the world. Reading the Bible was also part of, his early, of this early morning routine. Before he went for his daily swim, he worked long. He worked hard at being the best he could be. In fact, it seems to me that he worked a lot more than he played. Discipline was his very strong suit. If I were asked for three words to 
describe him, I think those words would be courage, love, and discipline, perhaps in that very order. He worked so hard at being other-oriented, not self-centered, that he'd often express himself by using the first-person plural. He'd say, we're doing this or that. It was almost always we. People sometimes have wondered who else he was including. Perhaps he was simply making an effort to ensure that his colleagues and co-workers were equally recognized and valued for the work in which they were so also invested. That would have been Fred's wish. A quote he loved especially and carried around with him was from Mary Lou Kwanaki. Kaunaki. There isn't anyone you couldn't love once you've heard their story. There were many times I wanted to be angry at someone and Fred, Fred would say, but I wonder what was going on in, this per, in that person's day. His capacity for understanding always amazed me. When I think of the entire persona of Fred Rogers, my inclination is to put him on a very high pedestal, despite the frail, frailties that are part of being human. Oh, did I mention what a kind person he was? I suppose that is part of everyone's experience of Fred. Even those who knew him for only a couple of minutes. I don't mean to sound boastful, but he was my icon before he was anyone else's. Being Mrs. Fred Rogers has been the most remarkable life I could have ever imagined. Hello, everybody. We're back for another week. And the piece I just read is the foreword by Joanne Rogers. For everyone who knows of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, maybe has seen a few episodes in their lifetime at some point. Uh, this book is titled The World According to Mr. Rogers. Important things to remember. And initially I got this book because a while back when they announced they, I mean, meaning, I guess, the the publicity people announced that there's going to be a documentary, documentary involving Mr. Rogers and his work and why he chose to work with children, uh, maybe how he got into it. I, I briefly mentioned just as far as he started off as a puppeteer and, and basically doing the music side of a lot of things for kids, uh, kid shows. And anyhow, the first time I ever saw the trailer to that documentary was from Brian, which everyone here has met by now. If not, you can go back a few episodes. There's I mean, several episodes back. But anyhow, uh, from Brian, he had retweeted it. And he said something along the lines of, why can't we all just act a little more like Mr. Rogers or be like Mr. Rogers? And it's that's that has stuck with me for a while because then it's like, well, that's absolutely right. And it, and even from that trailer, like I I myself cannot wait till that till that uh, documentary comes out. So anyhow, I'm at uh, this bookstore probably about a month ago. Man, I I think oh, it was less, maybe two or three weeks ago. I was at a book at a bookstore and I was walking around. I had my focus on what books I was going to get. Uh, because I had decided at that moment that I was going to take a break from the 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson. And what it what I've turned April into is the, what is it, 
Tim Ferriss calls it deloading, which is basically just writing. I, what I see it is just writing a lot more. What am I thinking about? What questions do I have? And putting it all on paper so that it's not cluttering my mind. And and uh, because really that's what the twelve rules of life have done has done for me as far as Jordan Peterson goes. So I've taken the break. I've still watched a few of his lectures and stuff, but as far as reading the book, I've taken a good pause. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle of chapter five, I believe. Um, but anyhow, I in Brian retweeting that and then being at this bookstore, I saw this book and I was like, man, I, I'd want to get it. But as I said, I got another book uh, by Viktor Frankl uh, titled The Man's, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And I bought that book thinking it was going to be a mildly to may hopefully easy read and it wasn't and i believe i mentioned that last week as well so that was that uh today well technically yesterday so wednesday yeah because i'm already recording thursday so wednesday yes yesterday i went back to that bookstore and in searching for this book now the mr rogers book and they had moved it from where it was, and luckily they still had them because I know they move stuff er- around every so often. I was like, oh, man, I'm probably not going to find it. Blah, 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 I waited too long. Well, a good thing is that, no, I didn't wait too long, and I found this book, The World According to Mr. Rogers. And initially I had just – I was only going to buy it for Brian. I'm like, man, like he's – like this – just what he, just what Brian put was significant for me. He's like, you know what, I'm going to buy this for him because, you know, that, that, that's, what, that's the first thing that came to mind. Well, I opened it. I'm like, well, let me let me see if it's something that I'd even want to gift somebody, anybody, um, especially someone as good a friend as Brian has been to me. So I open it up, and lo and behold, I walk out with my own copy as well. And so today, now we're gonna dive through the first section. I just read the forward, so we're gonna. Uh, of course, I'll, if you were to buy this book, or if I'm able to gift it to you at some point, then you'll then. It's really easy to um, go through this book uh, in the sense of it's, I mean, this is, to me, this is the read I've been searching for. <laughs> you know, I think this would have been a better segue for me to take a break on versus Man's Search for Meaning. But anyhow, I have it now, and we're going to go through the first section titled The Courage to Be Yourself. And let's jump right in. Discovering the truth about ourselves is, is a lifetime's work, but it's worth the effort. From the song, the truth will make me free. What if I were very, very sad and all I did was smile? I wonder after a while what might become of my sadness. What if I were very, very angry and all I did was sit and never think about it? What might become of my anger? Where would they go and what would they do if I couldn't let them out? Maybe I'd fall, maybe get sick or doubt. But what if I could know the truth and say just how I feel? I think I'd learn a lot that's real about freedom. Music is the one art we all have inside we may not be able to play an instrument but we can sing along or clap or tap our feet have you ever seen a baby bouncing up and down in the crib in time to some music when you think of it 
some of that baby's first messages from his from his or her parents may have been lullabies or at least the music of their speaking voices. All of us have that have had that experience of hearing a tune from childhood and having the mel- that melody evoke a memory or a feeling. The music we hear early on tends to stay with us all our lives. Whatever we choose to imagine can be as private as we want it to be. Nobody knows what you're thinking or feeling unless you share it. Now, to take a quick pause in that one is the first thing I think about social media and looking for maybe certain attention. And so when I read that, you know, it's like no one knows what you're thinking, which is true. And that's the, that's part of the, the thing that I, I say I'd consciously been working on too, as far as like, you don't have, I don't know if you don't, have to, I don't know if you have to prove anything to anybody. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you, oh, you don't have to explain yourself to every single person. Um, I feel like maybe at some point I used to be like that. And now it's like, well, I can let this person know like, okay, this is some information, uh, maybe it's not even relevant to the conversation. Maybe it is. Um, but I guess being mindful of that. Back to the book. How many times have you noticed that it's the little quiet moments in the midst of life that seem to give the rest extra special meaning? And for me, most of those little quiet moments happen in my drives, whether it's to the gym or another gym or to pick, pick something up or drop something off. Um, I do tend to find myself in that pondering moment of like, oh, life is good. Everything's good, no matter what. When my mother or my grandmother tried to keep me from climbing too high, my grandfather would say, let the kid walk on the wall. He's got to learn to do things for himself. I loved my grandfather for trusting me so much. His name was Fred Mc. Fred McFeely. No wonder I included a lively elderly delivery man in our television neighborhood, whom we named Mr. McFeely. Part of the problem with the word disabilities is that it immediately suggests an inability to see or hear or walk or do other things that many of us take for granted. But what of people who can't feel or talk about their feelings or manage their feelings in constructive ways? What of people who aren't able to form close and strong relationships and people who cannot find fulfillment in their lives? Or those who have lost hope, who live in disappointment and bitterness and find in life no joy, no love. These, it seems to me, are the real disabilities. It's not the honors and the prizes and the fancy outsides of life that ultimately nourish our souls. It's the knowing that we can be trusted, that we never have to fear the truth, that the bedrock of our very being is firm. All our lives, we rework the things from our childhood, like feeling good about ourselves, managing our angry feelings, being able to say goodbye to people we love. I remember after my grandfather's death, seeing dad in the hall with tears streaming down his face. I don't think I had ever seen him cry before. I'm glad I did see him. 
It helped me know that it was okay for men to cry. For many years later, when my father himself died, I cried. And way down deep, I knew he would have said it, it was all right. Solitude is different from loneliness, and it doesn't seem to be a lonely kind of thing. You rarely have time for everything you want in this life, so you need to make choices, and hopefully your choices can come from a deep sense of who you are. All life events are formative. All contribute to what we become year by year as we go on growing. As my friend, the poet Kenneth Cox said, once said, you aren't just the age you are. You are all the ages you have ever been. I've often hesitated in beginning a project because I've thought it'll never turn out to be even remotely like the good idea I have as I start. I could just feel how good it could be. But I decided that, for the present, I would create the best way I know how and accept the ambiguities. I believe it's a fact of life that what we have is less important than what we make out of what we have. The same holds true for families. It's not how many people there are in a family that counts, but rather the feelings among the people who are there. Often, when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. I've felt that many times. My hope for all of us is that the miles we go before we sleep will be filled with all the feelings that come from the deep, from deep caring, delight, sadness joy wisdom and that in all the endings of our life we will be able to see the new beginnings when i was a boy i used to think that strong meant having big muscles great physical power but the longer i live the more i realize that real strength has much more to do with what is not seen real strength has to do with helping others I must be an emotional archaeologist because I keep looking for the roots of things, particularly the roots of behavior and why I feel certain ways about certain things. Same for me, Mr. Rogers. Same for me. From the song, The Clown in Me. Sometimes I feel when I'm afraid that I will never make the grade, so I pretend I'm someone else and show the world my other self. I'm not quite sure of me, you'll see, when I have to make a clown of me. A clowny clown, I think I'll be a clown. I think I'll make the people laugh and laugh all over town. A clown, that's what I'll be, a clown. Sometimes I feel all good inside and haven't got a thing to hide. My friends all tell me I'm the best. They think I'm better than the rest. It's times like this I act myself and let the clown stay on the shelf. Myself, myself, I think I'll be myself. I think I'll let the people see the comfortable inside of me. Myself, I'll be myself. It's only when I feel let down I might be scared into a clown. But 
he can be himself. When I can be myself, myself. I think I'll be myself. Little by little, we human beings are confronted with situations that give us more and more clues that we aren't perfect. And that concludes this first part of the world according to Mr. Rogers and what he thinks is important for all of us to excuse me have the courage to be ourselves and i'm i'm definitely going to go into part 2 for next week um it's definitely even rereading it right now out loud, it's obviously it's or not maybe it's not so obvious, but at least for me, it's always it comes out different when you read out loud, when you read in your head, uh, maybe when you whisper to yourself. Um, it always comes out a little different. Definitely some good things in there to ponder on, and think about. There was one that I I I wait I saved it for the end. Because I'm going to read the actual poem, which I had never, I've heard about it several times, but I had never uh, read it myself. And I'll, I'll get to it, but this is what Mr. Rogers said about it. When I think of Robert Frost's poem, Like the Road Not Taken, I feel the support of someone who is on my side, who understands what life's choices are like. Someone who says, I've been there and it's okay to go on. And I don't know. I just, I, what I do know, okay, it's funny because people say, I don't know, but all I know is, and that's one thing like I got to catch a, a while back. I guess I was in college, but not to stem too far. Um, is how, sim- how simple things, not to sound poetic, but how simple things actually are. Um, I had a conversation over the weekend saying how how over analytical I am and you know my 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 thought processes behind basically everything anything a person tells me like okay why does the person tell me this why did they, why do they talk like that and then myself you know in my readings which is why I took a break from Jordan Peterson's book excuse me but you know at the end of the conversation I I I I pulled a jogger and I said, that being said, you know, my ultimate dichotomy is that it's a lot simpler for me to enjoy just sitting down and having a conversation rather than worrying too much. Now, I mean, I'm not saying don't think about your future. I'm not saying don't uh, think about your past. But, you know, when I, I don't know if uh, the perception of me, especially if you've never met me in person, but, you know, the discipline that I try to instill myself is for myself. But when I'm with people, you know, I do try to enjoy. I'm not, I'm not necessarily thinking about something specific unless it, unless it comes up in conversation, then okay, we're probably going to go off on a rabbit hole. But, um, 
generally for me it's still i still enjoy the time it's that simple and uh and my example was i th- when it was last i think friday that i went out that we didn't go out but we were out with the with family and i said being there for my aunt i don't know she's over 80 now i can't remember her age but uh being there for her birthday and her and even her she stayed up to like midnight which is which is kind of you know it's late i mean i didn't expect my aunt to stay up that late but she did but it's like it's as simple as just sitting there and she's she's enjoying being there with her family i'm enjoying there being there with all my cousins that i don't see as often as maybe we all should see each other but we but we got to so it's as simple as, as enjoying those moments versus you know search versus looking like i said i believe i said it last week as well you know a tangible thing of the tangible thing of happiness it's i mean it's not it's as simple as enjoying a enjoying the time that you have now and even something i think mr rogers said here is you know as far as like the present moment it's like it's that simple so so it was funny having that conversation because like well you always overthink and you know i was like well okay i i don't disagree I'm trying to enjoy life. I'm not. I'm not unhappy with where I'm at. I've done. I've been able to do a lot. You know. I'm looking forward to doing more, uh, and you know, different things, learning new things. Uh, but it's a, the dichotomy to that is that it's it's simple as, hey, we're having a dinner and barbecue for my aunt. It's her birthday. Good. Um, this coming week we have a gig. We had a gig uh, up in that was going to be up in Denton, Texas, and. That got canceled to got due to rain. They rescheduled it. Okay, cool. Trying to figure out what I'm gonna do for the weekend. Got a couple of things that are possible, and go from there. But I was but because of that, well, what I do today, I worked out. I got to have some conversation, spend some more time with my dad. Um, what's what's wrong with that? It's that. I mean, I, don't, I guess for me, it, maybe it's not that simple. Maybe. Uh, Maybe forgiveness needs to be considered, or or being. I mean, I, I even even starting with just being truth, truthful to yourself. You know, starting with with forgiving yourself for. And I guess the way I put it now is being truthful to yourself to where you can, for actually like truly truly forgive yourself for your past, like whether it's something that was not your fault or it shouldn't be your fault, but you can take ownership of that and be like, okay, you know what, this happened years ago maybe it happened months ago maybe it happened yesterday but it was yesterday let's 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 look let's let's be a little optimistic right now because i'm alive we're alive and we're living or at least you should be living and i need to find this deal but uh it wasn't hemingway it was i think oscar wilde i think i'll have to i'll have to look this up again because i, I know i know where i know where i heard it but um, you know, too many people spend their time existing versus actually living, and uh, so you know, we're, me, me personally, I'm, I'm letting everybody know that listens to this, it tunes in. You know, I'm working on that, and you know what? You know, I'm, while I have my time, I'm starting to try to delegate time to okay, let, let's look at the future just for a little bit and put it away. What did I accomplish? Everything from yesterday. Yes or no? What did I do? What didn't I do? Cool. What macros did I did was I able to accomplish? As far as okay, if I say, uh, I wasn't. I guess I guess the main, main, main the main example that I have right now is just potential. You know, pushing my 
at the moment pushing my physical limits, but then eventually I'm going to dig right back into pushing my mental limits again, or my, my, my mental capabilities, more better said. Um, but, you know, little things like that, but not, but working that, what I always come back to is balance of not letting yourself stem too far into one single direction. Then you're in a rabbit hole six months from now and you're wondering why you're burnt out or you're tired and you, you might need a break from that one thing that's burning you out. But anyhow, I'm going to end here with Robert Frost's poem titled The Road Not Taken. I hope that everyone has a great weekend. I'm going to I'm looking forward to enjoying it. We're going to make a bunch of I said for my household we're going to make a bunch of keto food, which I'm looking forward to. D- desserts included, so like I get I get to have chocolate, good chocolate and some peanut butter and some other pastry stuff that we're thinking about making along with food. I don't know exactly what we're going to make, but maybe I'll talk about it next week. And and uh, next week I'll be here. The following week I won't be here. Okay. We'll get back to that. But anyhow, y'all have a good weekend. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, part of my primary social medias, at uh, Andy underscore 1844. That's for Instagram and Twitter. Um, that will be in the show notes as well. If you, I mean, just pop in. And if anything, if you hear listen to this and you catch me in person, well, I'm sure, or I hope by now, uh, I'm not scary to where you don't want to have a conversation. Or am I scary looking to where you wouldn't want to have a conversation? So here you go. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then I took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference.